Hey everyone, welcome to another Bookmore show. You're going to love today's episode. Yesterday, Dean recorded an interview with one of our authors, Joel Johnson. Joel owns an investment company up in the Northeast and has been using 90-minute book-style books to attract clients with various different needs, all in his business. It really is a fantastic behind-the-scenes look into his successful marketing campaign and then obviously how it can apply to you. So towards the end of the talk, the conversation turns to referrals and there's an amazing breakthrough to orchestrate very specific referrals using Joel's book, Forced to Retire. I think that's going to be interesting for anyone that's looking to engage more customers from an existing customer base. As I say, really fantastic episode for anyone considering a book or really for looking at other ways to leverage theirs. So if you're ready to get started on yours, just head over to 90minutebooks.com and hit the get started button. In the meantime, grab a coffee, grab a pen, and listen in as Dean and Joel talk about their campaign. Joel Johnson. Dean Jackson, how are you? I am good. I'll tell you what, I am sitting in my evil scheme hatching chair with my evil scheme hatching pad and pen, and I'm ready. Well, I'm here at the Renaissance in uh, Boca Raton, Florida, just being a man of the people, doing one honest hour of work today, which is talking with you. Oh, perfect. I love it. So what kind of evil schemes are we going to hatch today? Well, I don't know. Uh, how do we come up with one? <laughs> okay, let's catch up on what's been um, happening in your before unit, and then we can talk okay. about your we can talk about your after unit too, but um, maybe bring me up to speed on what's been happening with your your book efforts, because I know that's been a really great lead generator for you. And then how to maybe talk about how that works and we can see what we can do to great, excellent. Tweak so, that. So the, yeah, the the books have been great. So I have one sort of big book that I wrote a while back before you and I ever met. And um actually we should probably call- set the stage for what uh for what business you're in, too. Okay. Just think of the, so, uh, funny. Yeah, because so, I, I know you and we nobody else does. That's right. Yeah, well, that's We're right. going to tell okay. people what kind of so, business you're in. So I am the majority owner of an investment firm, and um, we specialize in helping people that are either already retired or getting close to retirement uh, invest in a conservative way so they can basically take income off of, of what they've saved and um, so we're a full-blown investment firm. For those in the business, I'm a registered investment advisor, SEC registered. So we uh, manage, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. And um, I have uh, I have six other financial advisors that work for me slash with me. And so I'm kind of the rainmaker of the company. I'm in charge of setting the strategic direction of the company, leading the company. Um, we have 25 total employees, including those six advisors. And uh, I create and generate all the leads, um, set the tone of the company, and um, we market through TV. Uh, I have a TV program. I'm on the TV news on a big network affiliate in Connecticut every Sunday morning. Um, I also have a half-hour radio show um, that we market through, and we do public seminars. So we do direct mail. I'm a strong believer in direct mail. We drop about twenty five to 30,000 pieces of direct mail every month to drive people to a public seminar. And then we have a after unit program where we uh, generate constant referrals and introduction through our existing clients. So we just do a ton of direct marketing to feed lots of introductory appointments for prospective clients to those financial advisors that, uh, that see the people in my during unit. And of course, then we uh, uh, try to hold on to those relationships as long as possible in the after unit. That's awesome. That's a great summary. Sounds like you Thank got you. a, uh, <laughs> but you know, there's the thing is you've been studying this process for a while and we're down the road there. Um, so let's catch up on the, um, on the book um, offer. So you're offering people the, um, the book from the TV show, from the radio show, people go to the website or call in and, and ask for it. What's your book called again? So we have several books. I try to, mm-hmm. you know, I have, a, I have a book called The Money Map, which talks about our, mm-hmm. our financial retirement, our, our planning process. Mm-hmm. And that's my big book. And I actually do not offer that through a direct response medium. They get that book when they come in after their first consultation. 
Um, right. the books I use, the books I use to hook people in for that first consultation to generate the interest in the business are much more the Dean Jackson oriented type books. Um, yeah. there's one called forced to retire, um, mm-hmm. and forced to retire talks about so many people up in the Northeast a part of the country are getting these early retirement offers or they're not offers. They're, you know, they're, you're going to retire earlier than you thought. And so mm-hmm. we just, it, it, you know, you talk about having a constant flow of, of, uh, of new prospects every year. Mm-hmm. Those are people mm-hmm. that, that find out they're having to retire earlier than they thought. So I wrote a book called Forced to Retire, and we offer that. Got another mm-hmm. one called the, the 2016 Guide to Maximizing Your Retirement Income, which, of course, you know, once I wrote a 2014 guide, then it's easy to do a 2015 guide, a 2016 guide. <laughs> exactly. And guess, 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 guess what's coming out in about three months here, the 2017 <laughs> guide. Uh, yeah, um, I love it. So... So uh, let's see what else. So I have I have a few books like that that when yeah. we can't make a direct call to action, like through the radio show, it's a direct call to action for the appointment. But for TV, I'm on the news desk. I'm I'm uh, I'm part yeah. of the news, and we can't do a hard call to action there. So we offer a resource, and many times it's it's these little books which are just wonderful. They're these easy books. It's your 90 minute book process. Yeah. Um, that before you had that 90 minute book process, I kind of talked with you and, 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 you know, before you kind of packaged it, formalized um, told me process. how to do it. And, and it works, it works fantastically. And, and the key to those books, I think is, is the title and, and right. getting super, super specific about what the book is about instead of being general in nature. See, there's the, I think that we've hit on something and you're executing this flawlessly in the, fact that you've got the money map, which is your big book, that is your overriding approach to everything, right? It's the way that you approach the whole, um, the whole thing. And that book, you know, is something that a lot of times people have the big book in them, as Dan Sullivan calls it, you know, the book, right. capital, capital B. And it takes a long time to, to write and to get a, a book like that together it's worth doing because it's the culmination of all of your philosophies all of your approach everything like that it really just like you said when you're meeting somebody and they come in and you sit down with them it's a great way to kind of set the stage and to get everybody on the same page so they know the way you're thinking but these little books that we uh, have been talking about these 90 minute books have such an incredible um, focusing power that you can focus on specific segments of the market just to get the conversation started. And I really have seen nothing that works as well as a little, uh, you know, a, a really meaningfully titled book to compel people to raise their hand. Well, correct. Pretty, the, yeah. the big book, the, the the big book, basically represents twelve years and mm-hmm. millions of dollars of, of missed opportunity, mm-hmm. which which I could have done with a ninety minute book, right? <laughs> and 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 who who knows? I mean, I might be nationwide now instead of you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Northeast, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing. Is that you're, I think you hit on something there that people often kind of. Um, you know, sit in in the gestation of their their big book, waiting years and years and years to right. to get it out there. Yeah. So, have you read um, Robert Cialdini's new book? Just came out called Presuasion. And no, I have not. Oh, it's so fantastic! It's all it totally puts like now clinical and and experimental. Um, support to all the things that we've been doing. Um, and he basically, you know, the, the book Influence was a tremendous, like, um, wisdom book that talks about the six weapons of influence. Have you read that one? I'm sure you have. Yes. Well, I've read bits and pieces of it because, you know, okay. I, have this, I have this gift of a short attention span, but, ah. but uh, I've, I've read enough of that and implemented enough of that to know that that, that book was a real game changer. Um, mm. especially understanding 
things like reciprocity and, and yes, giving exactly. giving value before you charge for it. You know, the, the whole yes. marketing world, if we can go off on a little bit of a, you know, back in the day, maybe 12 and 15 years ago, and even being a strategic coach, it used to be don't give away your wisdom until mm. you get paid. And I yes. think in my world, if we insisted on that, there would be too many opportunities for us to lose somebody that's genuinely interested in talking to us. That if yes. we just gave them a little bit of value, um, we, we get to meet them now. So the whole Cialdini yeah. book really changed my mind on that. And of course, guys like you and, and the people we hang out with, where you, you can add value and you can add really life-changing content uh, to somebody. And you're not, you're not, they don't, they don't leave saying, I've got everything I can from this person. It just makes you more attractive uh, mm-hmm. to the right people. And that's, so now his latest, um, you know, the years that he's been, um, working on this, he's identified what he calls pre-suaders, which is things that amplify the effect of of influence if you do them prior to um, the things that he talks about. So some of the things that are like on a meta level, it's, um, setting up the frame that you're coming into. And I was thinking about like the the book as a, um, it, it pre-frames everything. It sets up commitment and consistency, which is one of the principles that he talks about, where if you're, um, you know, if you've asked for the 2016 Guide to Maximizing Your Retirement Income, and you then are presented an opportunity to meet with someone or come to another uh, workshop or to carry on down that path, you're, you know, it's like you're much more likely to do that because you self-selected yourself as somebody who's interested in that, or you've self-identified yourself as somebody who's been forced to retire. So the fact that they're starting the conversation by raising their hand and associating themselves with a desire for what the title of your book is offering, they're already now pre-framed and ready to be influenced in our Profit Activator 3, you know, our lead conversion kind of process. So that's why when you say, now that you've got your book, here are three ways we can help you, you're setting it up to now lead the rest of the way. And one of the other things that you've done with the book is you've framed yourself as an authority, which really has amazing, um, amazing impact on people's um, receptiveness to any instruction or guidance or offer that you make when you're viewed as an authority. And a book is just one of those, um, you know, inherently having a book is a um, an indicator of being an authority. People immediately associate you with as being an authority with that. Yeah. And Chal- Chaldini talks about that, of course, in his first book a lot, about positioning exactly. yourself as an authority and exclusivity and just all that great stuff. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I did not know he came out with another book. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Um, so when you... Um, um, look at the Profit Activator 3, your your conversion um, process here. What kind of things are you doing um, in there now, and how's that kind of going? How do you how do you measure the effectiveness of of you know the long term follow up with the people who ask for the book? How are you handling that right now? Well, so that, again, that kind of depends on which channel they come in through asking mm-hmm. for the book. So um, when they ask for the book, let's just say they ask for the book on, on TV. Let's pretend they, because mm-hmm. we do some Facebook ads, we do some other targeted ads where we can really target a certain company when we know there's layoffs going on and so on. But let's mm-hmm. say they ask for the book on TV where it's really a soft, where it's a soft sell. What's happening is after they get the book, We've captured their email address. And by the way, we're sending a physical book. We're not sending an ebook. I believe yeah, there's value in sending a physical book. So we've, we've captured their email address, and we've captured, obviously, their, their address and so on. Yeah. Sometimes we have the phone number, and sometimes we don't. 
Um, many times we don't, but we're sending out your letter um, mm-hmm. that you helped me format, Dean, uh, mm-hmm. that has the three ways you can help you. So that's the key is at the bottom, because especially if they've come from TV, you know, we don't we don't go hard sell and we don't right away start calling Not them. at all. Right. It's not the highly trained people because that that'll shut that down real quick. So <laughs> we send them yeah, out a real nice out. letter. Trained yeah, yeah, right. people so are standing by. A highly trained salesperson will pick up the phone and, and, and not let you go. That's uh, right. So especially during election season, people don't really want to talk to anybody because of the phone calls everybody's getting. But um, <clears throat> so we, we send out a very nice letter and it's it basically says, thank you for, for asking for the book. I don't, I don't know specifically what it says, but the key is the PS. And the PS mm-hmm. says there are three ways we can help you right now. And one is they can ask for another report of some sort, and I'm not sure specifically what it is right now. Um, the next one is they can attend the seminar. Um, and the next one is that they can they can come in for a, uh, a no-obligation visit to get their money map retirement review. And then we mm-hmm. say a little bit about what that is, but that's the name of our process that people come into uh, and mm-hmm. get if they, if they come in for a first appointment. And mm-hmm. so we're generating all these um, leads and, uh, mm-hmm. and enough people call where we we generate quite a few appointments and those that don't, um, you know, we'll send them their follow-up. If we have their email address, we'll do the email mastery um, uh, thing that you teach, which is, mm-hmm. you know, we'll send out just a little email a few weeks later saying, Hey, you got my book a few weeks back, by the way, are you working or are you retired? That's our, mm-hmm. that's our, that's our question. And then they'll just of course engage look at it in and, respond, and then we're in an email dialogue. And I, I pass that off of course to, to one of the other advisors that sort of walks them through a, a templated email dialogue, again, trying to see if they have any interest in talking. And if we can engage them in a conversation, then we slowly try to get them offline. Our, mm-hmm. our sale tap takes place. Our during unit is is a face-to-face. Almost everything about our process culminates in that, that being face-to-face in the financial services business. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. The um, w- w- And then what happens when... Um, you know, ongoing. How, what's your flagship vehicle for um, you know bonding with all of the people who've asked for the book and they've got the the letter um, and they haven't maybe taken us up on the offer right away? What's the ongoing? Um, what's the ongoing thing that you're doing right now? There, there there's a weekly uh, economic update. Okay. Yeah. That uh, that I do, which is sort of a templated um, update on the financial markets and mm-hmm. what's going on in the economy, and just basic basically, uh, it's not real technical in nature. It's not like a stock market newsletter. It's really no. just a real basic thing on what's you know. Right now, I would be talking about you know how the election might affect your portfolio, or yeah, um, you know, based on what's happening. So it's just a nice, simple weekly economic thing. Where they're just getting touched, and every mm-hmm. once in a while, you know, every probably every other time they get one of those, there'll be an offer in there to mm-hmm. maybe get another resource or or a, or a white paper or a giveaway or something like that. So it's just mm-hmm. constant, real soft engagement where people raise their hand when they're ready, and and after a while, you know, people will go away forever, and um, you know get taken off the list. But enough people are raising their hand where we constantly fill the calendars back on. Have you incorporated a super signature in that email yet? Um, in, and what I mean by that is that in every, um, it's coming back to me now because I remember when Lori came to um, to celebration, um, we talked about that your your flagship that weekly email that goes out um, is incorporating into that a um, uh, super signature that has your offers, like your cookies, each um, each time it goes out. Uh, like say, it, almost like at the end of a, every one of those, saying, "Whenever you're ready, here are three ways we can help you." She may have done that, and I wouldn't even be aware if she did that. Okay, and that, so I was going to say that's um, that sort of. Um, just continually presencing the um, what to do next, you know, 
And sometimes those are the kind of magic words is that if you just let people know, that's kind of secretly what they're looking for is here's what to do next. And even if you use those words, here's what to do next. Um, well, that's the mistake we made so many years in this business is we just figured people would know mm-hmm. what they're supposed to do next. Mm-hmm. And and they don't know, you know, they mm-hmm. don't know. And, you know, Frank Kern talks about that, about, you know, that's where so many marketing campaigns fall short. You know, we tell mm-hmm. them what we have, we tell them how it's going to help them and we forget yeah. to tell them what to do. Right. <laughs> and, um, and so, and, and so we've really learned that over the last few years which is, yeah. our, I can tell you this, our TV, because it's such a soft offer, yeah. would not be profitable if we had not learned to tell people what to do next. Yeah, we would exactly. just. We, I mean, it, we're, we're, getting a, we're getting a profitable return on that, where when we started that, the real intent was just to build credibility for our other marketing channels. Um, mm-hmm. But if we hadn't learned that super important lesson, which which I will still forget to this day from time to time, mm-hmm. of telling people just in simple terms, here's what to do. You'll pick up the phone or send us an email asking yes. for your book. Uh, people yeah. won't, they won't figure it out. And then we think, you know, we're failures or people are idiots. Well, they're not idiots. We forgot to tell them what to do. Right. That's exactly right. You got to be explicit. And so that, you know, a lot of times people are um, sort of hesitant to, um, they don't want to be um, pushy or they don't want to seem aggressive or trying to, um, you know, convince people to do something. And I'm all for that. I don't want to do that either. The, the, the way that we can do it is, you know, in every email, having the, um, you know, the end of the email always contain, here's what to do next, or whenever you're ready, here's three ways we can help you. Or um, if you're sending out that one email to everybody, like, so you, you've got people who get into that, um, into that group, your Profit Activator 3 pool of prospects, right? Unconverted prospects, all the people right. that have responded to your TV offer or come to one of your seminars or uh, responded for anything, whatever you get those email addresses, that's what you've, uh, that's what you've got. And that's, who's getting this, um, this email every week. So it might be um, a nice thing at the bottom of the emails to include your book offers, like your, the, the little books that you have. Because somebody who may be called in on the 2016 Guide to Maximizing Your Retirement, they might not know that you have the, um, the Force to Retire book or the Social Security book or um, the Annuities Guide or whatever, you know, all the, the sort of hot button things that, that people have, you know. Um, and Great. if you had those available as a ride along in every email that you're sending out, you'd be amazed how many people um, would click on those, you know? So I like, I'm, I'll model that with the, the more cheese, less whiskers announcement emails. You know, they're always saying, um, you know, whenever you're ready, here's, here's some ways we can help you, you know? And I mentioned you can go to, um, breakthrough DNA and download the the Breakthrough DNA book and watch the the video to get a real good understanding of the eight profit activators. You can come to a Breakthrough Blueprint in celebration. I've got two coming up this fall, so I'm kind of like laying it out. You know, I've got one in October, one in December. You can um, do help. We can help you with a, a 90 minute book. You know, get your book out there. So all of the things that we're um, that we're saying are all present in every um, email, and and they're kind of below the PS. So you get the main essence of your um, of your message, which is to announce your your weekly summary. You know, what your market uh, um, commentary that you have. And that mm-hmm. format is is great because you get to kind of make it seem like a a real um, uh, 
person is um, is doing it, and then at the end have all of these um, resources. I think it would be make a difference in the number of um, people who kind of take the next step. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty good evil scheme um, for you to, to measure that, you know. Uh, now, here's something you'll love this because I have a, I've just been formulating this is I've always been, I, you know, I'm big on metrics and I always look at how can we monitor things like in our after unit, we measure the return on relationship. Right? How much business Correct. are you getting relative to the number of clients that you have? And that's a measurable, knowable number that we can improve year after year. Um, the number that in the before unit, I've been kind of thinking about how to really get um, the best way to think about that and uh, be, to, uh, to allow for the compounding effect of this. And there's been a few different things that have kind of really um, pushed me over the edge on this. Like it's just, it seems like we're so, we look at measuring the before unit in terms of, well, on a calendar basis, we spent this much on the ads and we generated this much business. So our, you know, we talk about a multiplier, right? We got a four to one or a three to one on our on our spend there, which which accounts for it, but it does it in sort of a, a snapshot kind of way. You know, and it never really accounts for the value of the difference in the leads that you generated in January versus the leads that you generated in December, right? It's putting equal weight on the on the spend. And to me, that kind of seems like an expense model of measuring the return on um, on marketing that way. And so what I've really started playing with and thinking about is turning that spend, um, thinking about it as a capital investment and looking at the return on your ongoing capital asset. So what I mean by that is that you've been running the TV ads and you've been doing or the TV show and the radio show and spending money on direct mail and all the things that you've done. Um, and you've generated an asset from that, right? Which is the name and email and the address of somebody who raised their hand to identify themselves. And if we Correct. think about if we think about each one of those as an asset and the collective of them as an asset portfolio that is like Warren Buffett kind of talks about the snowball, you know, like your snowball is bigger and bigger each year because you're generating and adding to it new leads that you knew people that have identified themselves, but not yet become clients. And the value of that, some of those people gestate for 30 days, and some of those people gestate for 30 months. And, you know, it's uh, different. Um, they would not show up in any sort of regular measurement of how your advertising is working, you know? So it's if you're not you're saying if you're not measuring that if you're, yeah, if, you're, if, you're not, not careful, if you're if you're not careful they don't right if you're not careful yeah, I mean, you, we've learned to be very careful about that measurement mm -hmm. because you can assume you've got all kinds of like with the amount of market you know our marketing budget this year will be a million and a half dollars which which is right. small compared to some people listening to this podcast but in my business for an independent financial services firm that's a pretty big marketing budget in fact it'll probably be one point eight million. Um, mm -hmm. And and so we have to be very, very careful. The stakes are much higher now, you know, with yeah. my overhead and all the employees. So we've yeah. learned to be very careful. Like we used to assume, you know, the, the primitive mistake that a lot of people in my business make is you say, I spent, you know, so here we are, we're having this conversation in, in September. You look at July and you'll say, well, I spent $10,000 in July and I had 30000 in revenues of, in July. Therefore, my 
my profit on everything put together is is three to one. Well, no, right. it's not because right. because the thirty thousand didn't come from July's spend. It came right. from March's spend. Now we're so sophisticated, we don't even see it as coming from March's spend. We know that some of it came from the the year before. So there's and a bell maybe curve. even the year before and then you, that. And then you right exactly, and you start to. You start to track these things, and the more specific, I was just having a conversation with somebody about data, and I get really excited about it because there's magic in the data. The more you can analyze yeah. the data, and some of us as entrepreneurs, we are not the people that should be analyzing our own data. That right. somebody else, there's, there are people that are gifted at finding patterns in data that can yeah. mean the difference between you, you know, exploding and being a huge business, and you just struggling along to maybe have a great lifestyle, but never really coming over that hump to that full potential you could have because there's Mm -hmm. so much magic in the data. The data talks to you in patterns and things like that when you really start looking at all these things. And and sometimes we're too close to the action running our businesses to step back and see it. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we've been doing to measure this now is to measure the cumulative ROI on it. The, starting with like tracking the the spend and tracking the um the revenue on a cumulative basis. So it goes it can be three or four or five years out to show mm-hmm. um how that all comes because um it's been really fascinating to observe since I really started looking at it in that long-term way. Um, I had a, um, a episode four or five with Kenny McCarthy. The, he's a realtor in um, Cape Ann, just north of, of Austin. And yeah, yeah. he's, he's been doing our getting listings program for, uh, for, the waterfront homes in Cape Ann. There's a thousand homes there. And so he's been mailing every month the getting listings postcards offering the free September 2016 report on Cape Ann waterfront house prices. And then each month you know, he mails them the how to sell your house for top dollar fast booklet uh, book along with the, um, the, report on what's been going on on the waterfront uh, homes for the last year. And then each month he emails them uh, a newsletter called Get Top Dollar and a cover letter and updates of all the new sales that have happened on the waterfront in the last month, including some information. We have a section called Helping People on the Move, which kind of shows all the different kinds of people that Kenny's working with. So that's all, that's the profit activator three um, mechanism. No phone calls, never calls anybody, um, just serving, you know, sending that out to them. And in one 90 day period, this uh, spring leading up to the summer here, he had three people call him who've been getting that newsletter for three years who uh, were now ready to sell their house. He sent me a voicemail of one of them. This lady uh, had been getting it. She uh, said uh, she had a bit of an accent. She said, I, I, get your, uh, I get your paperwork every month, meaning the newsletter. And uh, you talk about this silent market. Uh, I have some questions about that. Can you give me a call? And left her number. And, you know, he goes in conversation with her. She's got a $4.2 million house that she's, um, selling and then gets the same, um, you know, types of calls. One guy who'd been getting for just under three years is ready to sell his house. Kenny's the guy who's been getting their uh, postcards and newsletters. We're ready to, we're ready to sell. Come on out. That's a $2.8 million house and another $1.2 million house. So all of that, you know, on the postcards, that he sent three years ago. And so that, you know, the spend, it's almost like the compound interest um, tables, you know, all the, all right. the benefit of a compound interest table is in the end. That's where it gets like 
exponential, you know? Right. Well, and we can pretty... get very impatient as, as, as entrepreneurs mm-hmm. uh, and quit. You know, there's a saying in, in other circles, don't quit before the miracle happens. And you just, right. you know, I look back at my career and uh, think about, you know, all the revenue that's been left on the table because <laughs> I decided something, I, I decided something wasn't working, you know, yeah. and, I, and, and, and if I just would have hung in there for sometimes another month, you know, it, it would have turned the corner. And, and yeah. I'm on to the next thing, building a whole new program, right? Building a right. whole new. Now we're off to something that now it's going to take, you know, sometimes 90 days to six months to even figure out if it's going to work or not. When if I yeah. would have just been smarter about the last thing. It's it's so true. And now what we do is now we can measure. We you know I can go back and say, well, let's look at all the prospects, the little batch of prospects that came in in February of 2015. And let's just right. sort of look at what happened to all those people. And it's fascinating yeah. to look at that because you'll find yeah. out that you think, right, it, as, a, as a salesperson, uh, mm-hmm. you might think that, you know, everything happened after four months and it was, uh, you know, that's when you got most of the juice out of it. And you'll see all of a sudden that in the 15th month, all of a sudden, a lot of things happen. And then you look at the other yeah. batches of people and say, well, is that a pattern? And yeah. uh, it's amazing. And, and many times it's very, very inexpensive to keep touching those people, especially if we're doing email type of marketing. Although I'm a big fan of, you know, you do email for a while, but every once in a while you drop that direct mail piece just because just nobody else is doing it. And I think that rhythm, like you've probably got a great um, case to test a quarterly journal type of um mailing that you could do to some of these prospects as a, as a test, um, you know, mailing, like you do every week that goes every week's going out the, um, the email, the weekly um, economic update. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. We, we haven't done that. We haven't done that at all to our, uh, um, we, we could easily do that once a quarter, just send out something that's a nice two page little piece. Yeah, and that's that's the thing, right? Is now you've got the opportunity because your your um, your asset, your your profit activator three asset is um, you know pretty. It's long term now. How many people do you have in that in that um, that get those weekly um, emails right now? I would have to ask Lori, but if it's it's probably uh, uh, eight or nine thousand. Yeah, perfect. So you look at that, and you've got that many people right now. That that you know at that level, you and that would that um, would include client. That would include clients, Dean. So I would want to separate those. Our twenty three hundred households that we serve are also in that group. Okay, so let's call it then um, six thousand. Yeah, six thousand that are not clients yet. Okay, fair 6, enough. Six thousand that are not clients, and that you know when we look at that, that is your that's your asset under management right now, right? You in your before unit. So somebody right, who's Lori or the person in charge of that asset. It's almost like you talk about um, data and you talk about those. Um, you know, talk about knowing the numbers and mining the data and managing the relationship with those. I, you know, if you take that financial approach, um, you know, you, it's almost like you've got uh, an asset that you could apply your kind of analysis and, and um, <laughs> yield um, analysis to. To really right. look at what can we do, and the great thing is that you can actually affect the return on that. Like right now, these numbers are there. Whether that's the great thing about uh, data is that it's all there, but there's a, you know a real um, skill set and wisdom in turning that data into information. And the information is what is kind of where you can be guided, you know. So if we knew 
if we had perfect knowledge, like our friend Peter Diamandis calls it, perfect knowledge of all of the, um, the data, that we would be able to see how much the cumulative ROI on all of these 6,000 um, prospects, or you know, a good number of those 2,300 have graduated into that 2,300 from the the um, through that process. You know, correct, correct. And so, looking at that, um, setting up a metric that or a set of metrics that is actionable, you know, that you can measure and hold someone um, accountable for. Like if you say, like, you almost treat it like this person is in this role, this person owns this metric and is fully tasked with what can we do to, to improve this metric, to um, build more relationships, right? The whole thing about Profit Activator 3, that asset that you have, is to deploy offers in Profit Activator 4 that move people into your during year. Right, and, and the so, key there is having somebody that's accountable for it, which, which right. remind me, we'll come back to it, but I want to tell you a story about that in our, in our during unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Let's carry well, okay. on with that now. So, that's so a good... for, for a long time, because I am so good in my company, um, and we've gotten so good at filling the funnel in one, two, and three, and, mm-hmm. and feeding these financial advisors these appointments where they're just set mm-hmm. up to do these to do these appointments. The mm-hmm. idea of generating consistent introductions, we referrals, we call them introductions, in the mm-hmm. in the during unit for a client that's been there for a year, or two years, three years, or four years. Um, they're not they're not motivated they're not incentivized to do it because it's not a quick uh payoff right that the quick payoff is i sit with somebody today and out of every four people i sit with today one of those people or two of those people is going to become a client in a week or two that's a quick rush for somebody that's in a in the mode of a hunter right mhm and so so the mode of sitting with somebody that's been a client for 4 years and getting a referral or an introduction and then cultivating that referral or introduction and so on, well, it, it's a lot easier for those those guys, which are sales guys at heart, to just wait for me to feed their calendar for the next week, right? Mm-hmm. So we said, mm-hmm. well, let's, let's make somebody, so we've got this during unit, this asset, that's all these clients, most of them happy. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just took a person that's in Lori, on Lori's team. She has five people on our team, marketing team, and said, we're going to have her own this program. This is going to be a program. We're going to incentivize her for it. She's going to track her own data, and she's going to talk to the advisors about it, and we're going to have a little contest, and we're going to set up the same competition that the sales guys love to have with each other. Any sales guy loves, you know, he's not a true sales guy. I don't think if he doesn't like to compete with other First sales guys. prize is a Cadillac. Second prize is a set of stakes. Right, yeah. Well, yeah. Third it's not prize quite like fired. that. <laughs> yeah, we have to be careful here in the financial services business about that kind of stuff. But <laughs> but but they love to compete. They just love to compete. Yeah. They like to know at the end of the week right. they did better than the guy in the desk next to them. So we said, okay, well let's build that, but let's have somebody else responsible for that. And mm-hmm. so we've got Cindy who was responsible for helping with with my help and Lori's input building that program out, and it's working wonderfully. And now mm-hmm. all of a sudden we've built this culture of of that, but we've made it easier for the financial advisors to to because they don't want to follow up. You know, they don't want to follow up. I mean, I'm a sales guy. Okay, right. if you tell me that you're going to give me five appointments tomorrow, um, and 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 or or call the five people you saw last week to see how they're doing, I'm going to just see the five guys tomorrow and lie to you and tell you that I called the five people from yesterday. Right. right? Or last exactly. week. Right. Yep. So you, you've got to take, you've got to treat them like big babies and take it off their plate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and part of that, I say that facetiously, but part of it is just like, you know, any superstar athlete, a good coach knows you keep them doing what they're great at doing and take the things they're good at. And maybe they mm-hmm. shouldn't be doing the things they, they're, they're good at. They should only be doing things they're great at. So we took that entire 
process and and it's it's real fresh and it's real new but it's working amazingly well i mean we're getting you know we're getting now um sometimes one or two new clients a week through that process mm-hmm. where before right. it was you know maybe one or two a month yeah and and we haven't even we haven't even started refining it yet so it's very very exciting i don't remember why i started talking about this but it's very very exciting when you when you take something like that where you know oh i know why because we're talking about this asset so we have this asset that's our client that we can mine for these introductions but yeah i mean there you, you go have to, you have where... to create a process that runs by itself because if you have to if 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 you're a fast running sales guy or entrepreneur and you have to go into the office and start a process every day left to your own devices if you're like me you're not going to do that it's got to be automatic yeah. it's got to be something right. where i just show up and I and I perform, like yeah. Dan Sullivan says. You know, you just show up and perform because everything is there set up for you. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, you're so we've been talking about your, you know, the assets that you you have. That profit activator three is the pool of assets that are um, of prospects that have not yet um, turned into clients, and then in your after unit that. 2300 or 2600 did you say mm-hmm. um 2300 family, you got 2300 families under management right now and Correct. that that process that is your after unit and when you look at that like the metric that we look for is your return on relationship and so if that 2300 families, you know, there's two ways that that can grow. Number one, they can add more assets or, or, you know, bring, sometimes people start out with maybe a portion of their assets with you, and then they can bring the rest of them kind of thing after you've proven yourself. Um, Or they can refer their friends and family or people they know. And that's Correct. the one, that's one thing that um, you're kind of describing there that you can focus on. And so we count that number. That's your profit activator eight, orchestrating referrals. So we measure the return on relationship as the number of new clients that were introduced by people in your after unit year over year. So what we look for is in the, and, and each, each business, you have to set a metric for yourself. But when we look on the real estate side where real estate agents have a, um, they may know um, 150 people, you know, as your the people who know them, like them and trust them and that they are, we're looking to manage that relationship portfolio for a 20% annual yield, meaning that if, you're, if you've got 150 people, we should be able to generate 30 transactions from that group of people. And so mm-hmm. we see that happening again and again. Now, when you look at um, your, uh, as a firm, that's your, you've got a lot more, families under management than a, like an individual advisor would because an individual advisor Correct. may have a hundred they may have a hundred and fifty people more like a, right an a individual advisor if, if you if you can officially manage two hundred relationships that that's pretty hard to do as an individual advisor yeah right so when you look at your your twenty three hundred families there do you measure a um, uh, return on on relationship that formally like to we, say we we do we measure it two ways okay. we measure we measure it on how many uh, introductions we get yeah. how many of those introductions convert so that's one way uh, the other way is we measure how much how much new money um, yeah. those people are bringing to us mm-hmm. which um, you know because the the larger uh, financially, the larger the client. Like, for, for instance, if you have a household that has um, four hundred thousand dollars total in savings that they're able to invest, um, we we may get that right away on the first on the first commitment they make to us. 
But if you have a, a household that has $2 million to invest, it's rare that you get that whole thing on the first commitment. So yeah. we're constantly measuring, you know, that person might commit to you a third of their assets and then see how the relationship goes. And then after six months to a year, then you get another piece. And then maybe after yeah. two years, you have it all if you do a good job. So we're, we're also constantly okay. measuring how much do those people give us in additional funds, which, you know, it, we're, we're, we need to be a little more sophisticated in that because there are some people that just can't, don't have the ability to give us more. And we don't really separate that out right now. But we absolutely measure in, in two or three different ways the yield on our existing relationships in that during unit. Mm-hmm. Or then your after unit, because the during unit in is my after the unit. Portion. I'm sorry, right, my, right. my after unit, my after unit. The I during unit during. is the, my after yeah, unit. the serving the new uh, the people, right, what, doing what you do. Um, so one of the things that um, – I mean, do you know any of those numbers in terms of the referrals? Um, no, I, 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 I know the referral number. I'm embarrassed to tell you it's 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 way too low. It's uh okay. It's about um it's about four uh, percent. Okay. We so, get introduced to about a hundred and twenty. We get introduced to about a hundred a hundred to a hundred and twenty. Last year we were introduced to about a hundred to a hundred and twenty new households. Okay. And those were um, it, it, those it should be much higher that, than that. Those were the ones that turned into clients, or that those no, were the no, 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 those no. About about half of those turn into clients, and it's interesting okay. there also, Dean. Is we we take the other thing that's interesting is an interesting dynamic in my business is that there are uh, our average revenue per client from the referral channel is the lowest of all our other channels. And here's why. Because if somebody refers me their friend or their family member, mm-hmm. um, and and there may be not somebody that we would normally take on as a client because they don't yeah. quite have the assets, we're right. still going to take them on, um, which is kind of an interesting, but that's just a sidebar. But I, I think, you know, you've always given me this 20% target. So when I look at the fact that, you know, I, you know, 20% of 2,300 is uh, 460, right? So yeah, that's kind so of the thing that, that that's the number we're kicking around the office is how do we generate 460 introductions yeah, right. uh, from these people? Well, you want me to help you hatch an evil scheme for that? Here's yeah, that. Let's, let's do it. We got a little time <laughs> here, right? We got five more minutes or something. Let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's come up with some schemes. We're working on them right now. I mean, you know, this is very interesting because I was in London in June and um, the fifth Breakthrough Blueprint I did in London. And I have this financial advisor there who's come to um, all but one of the the Breakthrough Blueprints there. And each year he takes like one major idea and focuses on executing that. And last year, the idea was focusing on this return on relationship. And so he added in the world's most interesting postcard to his, um, to his group. Now he's a more like a traditional um, financial advisor. I think he had 140 people that he works with single, um, not a, not a big firm, a single financial manager working with um, regular people, not the, not high net worth people. And mm-hmm. he, um, and, that, and that's how we are too. We're, we're, yeah, we're, exactly. we, we like to say we're Walmart. We're working with regular fans. Perfect. There you go. And so he, um, added in the world's most interesting postcard, sent that out, um, each month to the 140. And then when we got back together in June, did the tallying and found that that turned into 80,000 pounds extra. Um, business his you know his after unit had increased by that much um, year over year, and part of that is that it's so focused on actually orchestrating the referrals, you know, like the 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 mechanics of how they actually happen. You know, I always say like that referrals, and you think about your twenty three hundred people here that 
every one of them are in conversation all the time. And that's where referrals happen. Referrals always happen as a result of conversation. So in those conversations, in order for a referral to take place, three things have to happen. They have to notice that the conversation is about money. They have to think about you. And then they have to introduce you to those people, right? Connect you. And so the, the thing that we've been doing is using a formula that is kind of the power of suggestion in a lot of ways, right? Like we just want people to be aware that these conversations are going on because if we can get the first two um, things firing, if we can get them to notice that the conversation's about money and to think about you and that trigger calling you, that's where the magic happens, right? Because And this, this for, is great because we're actually using the postcard idea Mm -hmm. um, but we've probably drifted away from this fundamental a little bit because we've been doing it now for two years. That's probably mm -hmm. where 80% of those leads that we're getting are probably mm -hmm. coming from our postcard, but I can almost guarantee what we're talking about right now, we've drifted away from this fundamental um, into into other things, and the postcards become maybe a little cutesy or, ah, or so on. See, so and, it's and just sending a postcard. And there's the thing. So now have Well, it's saying, you know, it's saying, you know, you mm -hmm. probably know somebody that needs our help and it'll have a little comic mm -hmm. on it. But I bet it's not targeted enough. I bet it's not specific enough. Well, it's the thing that you want to do. It's not about getting them to refer people. It's about getting them to look like a hero. Right. The reason that people refer anything is because it makes them look and feel good. That's right. Everybody right? Yep. wants to be an insider. Right. Everybody yep. wants to uh, to bring things of value to people. So when right. you when we um, when we presence it in a way that is going to let them be a hero, you know. So if you say like what just happened in Connecticut, GE moving. Uh, GE big, moved to Boston, um, right. Oh, there you go. So a lot of people were forced to retire, right? Right. So that is... 800 think, highly paid jobs in an area where we just opened up a new office. Do you think that there is conversation going on about that? Of Absolutely. Course. So if we were looking at that, paying attention to what's going on in the news, what might people be talking about right now? So a, a postcard on the back of the, the postcard, the message would be, hey, uh, just a quick note in case you hear someone talking about forced retirement or be, you know, being um, uh, forced to retire early or debating whether they should uh, retire or move you probably heard GE has been um, um, you know, closed the office there if you hear someone talking about that give me a call or text me and I'll get you a copy of my forced to retire book to give them and that okay. is now you see what's happening there is you're not asking or expecting your clients to turn into salespeople for you, you're turning into somebody who's giving them an opportunity to be the bearer of a gift. Right. They're turning right. into, yeah, exactly. Excellent. Right. So I now they, they've had that conversation, the, maybe the two, um, maybe the wives we're talking one wife is your uh, a family that's under management with you and she's talking to her good friend and they're concerned because bob's trying to figure out whether he should you know whether they should move or what's he going to do he's he's 60 right now and it's you know do we want to uproot and move everything or whatever that's a conversation that's likely going on right and right exactly now that your client Betty gets this uh, message from you. She remembers that you said that and you've got this book forced to retire and she can text you or email you or call you 
get a copy of that book to give to her friend. That's what we're facilitating there. We're not saying tell them to become our client. We're baby-stepping yeah. Or, them, or right? worse yet, yeah. give us their name so that we can sick our highly trained salespeople on your friend. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's why... That's why saying that's why having them call you or having the offer, the instruction be you call me or email me or text me and I'll give you a copy of the book to give to them. Now, again, what's going to happen is as soon as they email you, that has now done its job. Right now, the conversation can be, well, um, you know, tell me about your your friend. Would you like us to, um, do you have their address? We can send the book and I'll actually send something else along with it. Or um, would you like me to send the book to you to send to them? I mean, you know, Evelyn best. How do you think we could get connected so that we could help them? That, I love now it. You're, now you're in that conversation and you're at least aware that the conversation has happened because that conversation of all, I mean, I would find the odds inconceivable that among the 2,300 families that you have, especially where you are, that some of those people are not in that exact conversation. Oh, oh, a hundred of them, 50 of them. Now, absolutely. If it's not that, if it's not GE, it's Aetna or Cigna, or MetLife, or all the other companies that are constantly early retiring people in Connecticut and moving to South Carolina or Tennessee. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's why why in some ways, you know, Connecticut's a tough state to live in. I hope we're going to block this for anybody that lives in Connecticut. Can you block the podcast for (laughs) any any other, any of my competition in Connecticut? So Connecticut's Connecticut's a tough state to live in. Uh-huh. But in my business, it's a wonderful state to be in because there's all, it's like your it's like your stop your divorce book. There's there's, a lot there's of always yeah. a new batch of people that are in this traumatic transition, many times mm-hmm. having to make the biggest financial decision of their lives, and they want help. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all we've got to do is be the people that are there um, at, at the time when they need our help. Yeah. I mean, and and do a good a, job and, you know, do a good job and keep our promises and do the right thing by the client. That's a big, um, that's a big thing. Like my, my, if I were really um, going to advise you on the after units, um, you know, maximizing your return there. I mean, that's really somebody whose full responsibility to, um, you know, seek out, orchestrate this whole, um, this whole thing. I mean, there's so much room there to go from, from 4% to 20%. I mean, it would be, it would be a huge difference to go from 4% to, to 8%. Oh yeah. Well, 4% 4 is three or 400,000 in revenues. I'll tell you that. So, Mm -hmm. Figure, yeah, figure out. I mean, that's you know, measure. Well, there you that, go. It's like a hundred thousand. That's twenty. That's twenty percent of our mark. That's twenty percent yeah. of our marketing budget. That's six or eight new employees. I mean, that's a wonderful. That's a huge boost. And and the the irony is that the cost of this is so low. The hard cost. Yeah. The hard cost is that's so low. Exactly it. That's it, the but, thing. But when here's you look the, at your here's the thing, and I want everybody it. on the and I want everybody on the podcast to hear this. Here's the thing. So it's a little harder to figure out. It's a little more effort. It's a little mm-hmm. harder to do this than throw another dollar at a direct mail piece. And so most guys in my business just throw another dollar at a direct mail piece instead of yeah. take a little more time to figure it out when when I could be getting a 20 to 1 return or a 30 to 1 return on those dollars where I'm excited about a 5 or 6 return, 5 or 6 to 1 return on a direct mail piece. Yeah. That's exactly it. Good stuff, Dean. I think that's uh, that's the big. I think we've uncovered the opportunity for you. Two of them. You got the. I'm ex- I mean, you got a I'm big excited. asset under in Profit Activator Three. A big asset in in Profit Activator Eight. All very exciting. Listen, are you going to be in um, Toronto 
at our uh, strategic coach session next week? Uh, I am. Yes. Okay, perfect. Well, I will see you then and we'll talk a little bit more about it, but I think Great. that's, um, I think we've uncovered it for you here. All right. Thanks. thanks for being, I really appreciate all the work on. that you do. Thank you. Awesome. I'll see you next week. Okay. Bye. Okay. There we go. What a, an amazing episode. I hope you took uh, lots of notes there. There's, there really is a lot of opportunity just in that, uh, that last 60 minutes. So if you have any questions about the strategies that Dean and Joel talked about, then just shoot us an email at podcast at 90minutebooks.com and we'll be happy to answer them. If you're ready to get started collecting leads yourself with your book, then head over to 90minutebooks.com and click the get started button and we'll be here ready to help you. Okay. Thanks guys. Enjoy the rest of the weekend.